All right, Joe, we'll say good morning. Let us, uh, let us begin. So we're resuming Emir Sashem, our Limud in Sitka Satsadik, and we are picking up this morning Emir Sashem in Sif Mem Vav. So let's actually begin by looking at the Be'uri HaChasidus in the beginning of Mem Vav, where we have a beautiful introduction. The Rabbi writes, I know it's been a while since we've learned Sitka Satsadik. So the intro goes like this. Ba'uks HaKodemes. His ba'er sha'amnam yeshchatoim shein tshuva mo'il alohem. So right, we learned before, again, for us a long time ago, that the Zohar wrote that there are certain averus for which one cannot do tshuva. Now, the, the truth is, remember, when we say can't do tshuva, remember what the, what the Rebbe taught us was that a person can't do tshuva on their own. Can't do tshuva on their own. Lachein, nitzrach lazeh koach miyuchad livro estikuno but rather, remember again, the rabbi described that there are certain Averus that are so fundamentally bad and evil and create such a fundamental flaw inside of me that the only way to go ahead and fix it is literally to start again. A brand new creation of myself, something from nothing. And when a person begins to feel like he's a nothing, so again, so that's the Rebbe over here, Osman Vav, the Rebbe giving us this Hagdama. Just remember certain Averos that are so severe, certain Averos that are so intense that in order for me to remedy or rectify them, I have to start anew. It's not a question of us, man, we spoke about this. Sometimes you could fix, sometimes you could fix, there are things that are broken that I could fix. And other times, it's, everything is just so fundamentally rotted. Everything is just so fundamentally compromised that the only choice I really have is to knock down and to start again. You know, os memvav, memvav. In the Hakdama, in the in the little in the paragraph, the introduction, page Kufhei, page Kufhei. If in in, in the and we're using the same edition, Ata Yisbar Shaaf Imargish Shadam Biatzmo Sheino Misugas. So I just want to point out. Remember, the Rebbe never Chas V'Shalom says because no one ever says that you can't do tshuva. That tshuva is impossible. That change is impossible. That that's that's false. That's incorrect. All the Rebbe is saying is that sometimes. Change is possible. I could take what I have and I could change it and I could mold it and I could redirect. And other times, I just have to start all over again. But say it's kind of sometimes if a person wants to do a home rehab project. So sometimes, again, you could take an existing structure and just put some, some new, some new uh, building materials on it, make something bigger, make something nicer, make something newer. Other times, if the foundation or the wood is just rotted through, so you can't start using that which is already there. You have to take it down and you have to build again. So sometimes I could rehab <laughs> what I have other times, I need to take down the structures I've built and rebuild something new. Interestingly enough, he says, Ato, adam So I'll say, now we're going to talk about what happens in a situation where a person feels that he can't even do this. What happens when I feel sometimes in life that a new start, a new beginning is just not 
possible. Again, we'll define what we mean in just a moment. So with that, let's begin. Kasov b'tehelim. So we're gonna we're gonna learn this piece in the Be'uriah Chasidos on the bottom. So Kasov b'tehelim. It says in Tehelim, Ulrasha Amar Elokim Malchol Saper Chukai. This is a very profound pasuk. Perek Nun pasuk Tazayin Davra Malach says Ulrasha to the wicked one. Amar Elohim, God says, Ma lecha lesaper chukai. Why are you telling over my statutes? So literally translated, God says to the Russia, God says to the wicked one, Why are you telling over my statutes? So he says, he says, Reb Tzadik. What's the meaning of that pasuk? He says, Mashma mizeh, Shekol mishuhu begeder Russia, Eimlo lilmod Torah. So the Pashlis Reb Tzadik says, what it means is Akash Baruch Hu says to the Rasha, why are you learning my Torah? Don't, don't, don't speak the words of Torah. Don't speak the words of Torah. Right? In other words, you're disobeying me. You're not living in accordance with my will. You're going ahead and totally abdicating your responsibilities towards me. You're living a life of a Rasha. And I must remember again, to be called a Rasha, to be called a Russia, it's not just the pshat that, you know, I spoke during Hazar Sashats. You know, it's, that's not good either. But when David Amalek says the Russia, he said, I'm Russia. So, so I says to the Russia, Malachalasaperchukai, don't learn my, I don't want you learning my Torah. Don't learn my Torah. So what, 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 what does that mean? That the Baruch Hu tells the Russia, don't learn my Torah. He says, Ve'al, turn the page, page Kofov, Ve'al Davarzeh, Yidvu Kol Hadavim. So the truth is, there are times in life where I'm a Russia. There are times. <laughs> there are things that I do that label me a Russia. Again, I will say... I. I don't like to look at myself as a Russia because I, I, my, my netia, my desire is not to do bad things. But, but Lamaisa, in life, in life, you're not judged by your intentions, you're judged by your actions. So there are times in life where based on my actions, I'm a Russia. I've done the Russia like things. I've, I've done, I've done bad things. So now what do I do with this? So the Ribbon Shalom tells me, Ula Russia, if you're a Russia, don't learn my Torah. Don't, don't learn my Torah. It's okay. You want to be a Rasha? This is what you want to do. This is how you want to live. Don't learn my Torah. So what happens? So what happens? There are times in life where I do things. I always say, now watch this. But sometimes so I become a Rasha. Because at times in life, I do become a Rasha. And then I think to myself, but I did Shuvah. But maybe my Shuvah wasn't really a worthy Shuvah. Maybe at the end of the day, my tshuva wasn't really complete. It wasn't really sincere. If that's the case, do I really even have a right to learn the Ribbono Shal Olam's Torah? So he goes on, he says, Yachshosh, v'yizar melomot rabnei kosov zeh, v'davar zeh shayich gam ve'elu sheshomram ha-mitzvot v'derech klal. And I will say, even those who keep the mitzvot in a general sense could run into this issue. Ki... Just to further complicate this, we often think 
that the term or the title Rasha is associated with those who commit some pretty heinous and severe acts. Well, the Gimar Masech HaSivama says that anyone who intentionally, intentionally violates the Rabbanons is also called a Rasha. Is also called a Rasha. So we'll say, so that's, that's not, not the best news to start the day with, right? You know, so kind of like, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I've intentionally violated Dirabbanans. Again, I think it happens, I don't want to say it happens often, but it happens often. So a person, not, not unintentionally, but I know that something is a halacha. I don't do it. I don't do it for whatever the reason. I, maybe I don't fully subscribe to it. Maybe I'm just not on the level to do it, but I know what the halacha is and I, and I, and I don't perform the halacha. The Gemara Yavama says such a person is called a Rasha. So now what do I do with this? What do I do with this? So sometimes in life, I must acknowledge that I am a Rasha. That, that, is, a, that is a fact. That is a fact. And now the other fact is that Hashbarach who tells me, says, Rasha Amar, Rasha Amar, Rasha, I don't want you learning my Torah. So what, 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 what do I do? What do I do? So look what the Rebbe says. This is absolutely incredible. Aval alze amra kadmonim. So what happens? So just to give you the context, actually you can see, this is Pesachim, we're going to see this in a little bit. There's a halacha. Anything the Balabayis tells you, you have to do. Right? In general, if you're a guest at someone's house, Whatever the Balabayas tells you, you have to do. The Balabayas tells you, please, I want you to take the brisket first. You have to listen to the Balabayas, right? Balabayas tells you, please bench. You have to listen to the Balabayas. Balabayas says, help clean up. You have to listen to the Balabayas. There's only one thing you don't have to listen to. If the Balabayas, the Balabas tells you, get out, you don't have to get out. <laughs> Now, practically speaking, I don't know exactly how this plays out, right? If you're a guest at someone's house and they tell you, get out, and you're like, nah, not yet, not yet. You know, I'm very comfortable here. It's very nice. I, I saw that sofa when I walked in. So I figured after lunch, I'm just going to take a little nap over there. So technically speaking, you have to listen to everything the Balabas tells you, except for get out. I was, I just tell you from a halachic perspective, so some posit, the Sfas Emes has a beautiful piece where he explains that this halacha was a response to the Kamsa Bar Kamsa story. That remember again, the base Hamikdash was destroyed, at least in part because of a story of someone kicking someone else out of their home. As a result of that, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that whatever Abalabayas tells you, you have to accept, get out. No Jew has the right to kick any other Jew out of his home. Out of his home, that was the response. But look what Reb Tzaddik does. What does this mean? The Balabas, that's the Reb Shalom. So what does it mean? Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you to do, all the mitzvos asay, all the mitzvos lo sasay, whatever the Ribbono Shal Olam commands you to do, you have to do. But I will say, amazingly enough, there's one exception to this rule. There is one thing where if HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you to do it, you don't have to listen. And what's that? Chutz mitzay. Shem yomar lechot mi beisi. V'al tikonis, al tishmalo. El tikonis b'tshuva. 
We'll say, isn't this absolutely amazing? You have to listen to every single thing that Ibn Sha'olam tells you, with one exception. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't want you anymore. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, get out of my house. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm not accepting your tshuva. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't want you learning my Torah. I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen. We'll say, Kol Mitzay. So says, Rosh says, you hear what this is? We're conditioned. We're conditioned all the time. Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that's what you do. You listen. Of course, we're good soldiers. Whatever the Ratzon Hashem is, whatever Hashem asks of me, I do. With one exception. If Hashem says, I don't want you, I say, I'm not listening to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You don't want me? Okay, it's fine. I still want you. I still want you. Get out. Okay, you want me to get out? Get out. I heard you. I'm not listening. Don't learn my Torah. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I hear but I'm sorry, I'm not going to comply. I'll listen to everything else you say. But if you try to drive me away from you, that I will never listen to. That I will never listen to. Kol Whatever the Balabas Baruch tells you to do, do, except if he tells you to get out. So Abzadik, we'll stop over today, but I'll say, but Abzadik's going to say, yeah, there's a passage that says, Ularasha I don't want you learning my Torah. Why should you learn my Torah? You don't love me. You don't care about me. You violated my will. Don't learn my Torah. So I hear it. I say, okay, noted, noted. And then what do I do? Then what do I do? Continue learning Torah. Because sometimes, again, I listen to Akash Baruch with anything and everything. But if he tries to push me away, that I'm not going to listen to. All right, we'll stop over here. So that's the, the truth is already earlier.